I'm Monty Schenkel from Take Heart Ministry. It is a joy to come to you today and talk about knowing and doing God's will. For in my years of being a pastor, I've discovered that many people struggle with knowing what God wants them to do. He doesn't want us to live a life in a great fog. He wants to cut through the fog and give us clear direction. That's what he does in his word. And today, we're going to look at how to know God's will in our lives. I want you to go with me to the book of Acts, to Acts chapter 8. Well, God speaks. He speaks to adults. He speaks to kids. And I'm going to share this with you right now. Just, you just need to understand that God is always speaking. Uh, our grandkids were here last weekend. Had a good time with them. It was wild. We survived. Uh, but on Saturday, things got a little dull, and Betty sent me to the Dollar Tree to get whoopee cushions. She said, get one for them and one for me. Uh, but I came back with two whoopee cushions for two girls. And so here's a picture of a whoopee cushion. This came from Hannah this week. I shared this at a funeral yesterday, so it's very appropriate. This is Amelia, who's five, tearing, telling Avondale, who's almost will be three here in a, in a few weeks, about life and death. And this is what she says. So let me tell you about dead bodies, Avondale. Dead bodies don't work at all anymore. Like, see this whoopee cushion? Doesn't have any air in it, so it doesn't work right now. Your soul is like the air in a whoopee cushion. And if the air is gone, it doesn't work. Then your soul can go up to heaven and leave this empty whoopee cushion here. Straight out of 1 Thessalonians. <laughs> so let me tell you, God speaks. He speaks mysterious ways. Even God can speak through a whoopee cushion. Now, it just so happened the very same weekend, there were two people passing through mid-Missouri riding horses, going from California to Virginia, thoroughbred horses, to uh, raise awareness that when thoroughbred horses are no longer on the racetrack, they are uh, put down. Kids don't understand, you can talk to your parents about that after church. So they're raising awareness of this, and it just so happens they need a place to stay coming through Central Missouri. One of our church members called and says, can they stay at your place? So they came out, and uh, they had been traveling with these horses and a couple dogs and some cats, and the... <laughs> The cat, one of the, the, the cat they'd picked up along the way, coyotes keep getting their cats, they said, but the cat they'd picked up along the way had been run over by the horse trailer, but the cat was still speaking to them and had spoken to her that day through a praying mantis. Huh? Precious. The cat's name was Precious. No, the praying mantis was Precious. Yeah, it had spoken to them through a precious praying mantis that had come out on the road. So what do you do? Well, you lock your door and load your guns. People like that stay around. <laughs> Life gets interesting, folks. You can't make this stuff up. Now, I don't believe, you know, God did speak through a donkey. That's, that's a, a known fact. Uh, I, can't, I guess a praying mantis would be more religious than a lot of animals, because praying mantis. 
but I don't think dead cats speak through anything. Um, people get weird ideas about what God is saying, and a lot of times people do weird things, and then what do you, what do you think they do? They blame it on God and say, God told me this. Well, God didn't have anything to do with telling you this. You, you, ca you came up with that all on your own. We come up with crazy ideas. We don't need any help from the Lord on some of our crazy ideas, but occasionally God steps into the mixture, and he certainly did in the book of Acts, didn't he? And he had said, Jesus had said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so the disciples are all being sent out and the church is growing and there's persecution and there's a famine that comes to Jerusalem. And so they say, uh, choose you out from among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom that we may appoint over these matters. And we talked about one of those men last week whose name was Stephen. And this morning I want to talk about another one of those men that's sometimes called the evangelist, Philip the evangelist. Philip, who was just a deacon, just a deacon, but he heard God speak. God spoke to him. God gave direction in his life. God had a will for his life. But I'm here to tell you that God has just as much a will for your life as he did for Philip's life. God has just as much a direction for you to go as he had for Philip to go. There are people that Philip was supposed to talk to. There are people that you are supposed to talk to. And a lot of times when you open the book of Acts, we read about Acts. Uh, a lot of times in some of the older uh, Bibles, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. Really, folks, that's not a proper title. It should have been the Acts of the Holy Spirit because this is what you see throughout the book of Acts. It is the Holy Spirit that is on the move. And I'm telling you this very morning, we are absolutely dependent on the Holy Spirit of God, just as dependent as they were in those days, we are as dependent on the Holy Spirit of God today. Now, in they, those days, there were miracles that were performed. And you say, well, you know, if we really depend on the Holy Spirit and he's still moving, then we're going to have miracles that are going to happen in our lives for sure. I heard about a guy that got saved and he hung around the church for a while. He'd, he'd come out of a rough background, come out of a rock band, come out of a tough culture. And so he'd come to church for a few weeks after he got saved, got baptized. And uh, then one day he came up to the pastor. I heard this preacher tell his story. He said he came up and said, is this the day we're going to do the stuff? And the preacher said, do the stuff? What do you mean do the stuff? And this guy was just reading his Bible. He said, you know, heal the sick. Uh, cast out demons, uh, raise the dead. Is this the day we're going to do the stuff? And the preacher said, oh, we don't do the stuff anymore. We just talk about it. Well, God still moves. The book of Acts is a history book. It's a history of what took place in the church. It's a, it's a transition book. You find right at the very beginning, oh, listen, they were really doing the stuff. There were miracles that were performed, but I would remind you that to follow after God, to be obedient to the Lord, doesn't mean you have to do a miracle. Case in point, John the Baptist performed no miracles. The Bible says John did no miracles. And yet Jesus said there was none greater under the son of, born of the Son of the Man than was John this baptizer. God leads, and I'm putting before you this morning that the, whole, the same Holy Spirit that led the early church 
is the same Holy Spirit that is leading the latter church. The same Holy Spirit that moved in men's lives in the midst of persecution and hard times, the same Holy Spirit that's moving today. And if persecution and hard times come, he's going to be the very same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has not abandoned the church. The Holy Spirit is present this day, and the Holy Spirit leads. And, he is, and we are absolutely dependent on him. Listen to this. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people were, were with one accord, gave heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. Hallelujah. Then a lot of other things happened. Then I want you to turn with me to verse 26, Acts chapter 8. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and was sitting in a chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. And the chariot's moving. And Philip ran thither to him. And he heard him read out loud, reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Isaiah chapter 53. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man. Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and this eunuch said, See, here is water. Why can't I be baptized? And Philip said unto him, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. What a wonderful story of God's work. Now, there are five things here about the leadership of the Holy Spirit that I want you to think with me. First of all, we need to obey the Holy Spirit when it doesn't make sense. When it doesn't make sense, you'd say, well, God always makes sense. And God's never going to lead you to do anything that doesn't make sense. Now, get this picture. Philip is in the middle of a great revival in Samaria. 
There's a harvest of souls that are taking place. God is moving in a miraculous way. There was unity there in that church. They loved him. They listened to him. Demons were cast out. People were healed. Then we read that God sent an angel. Good things were happening, and God said to Philip, it's time to go. I want you to leave a multitude and go to a man. I want you to take the gospel to one person who's never going to have a family. But this is a man that is a great, he's at a point of great influence. My intention is to get the gospel to Ethiopia for, in a couple thousand years, there's going to be a man named Haile Selassie. I want you to get the gospel. The gospel needs to take root in Africa. And so where this good work is going on, this revival is taking place, and miracles are being done, and lives are being changed, and hearts are being touched, I want you to leave that multitude, and I want you to leave that ministry, and I want you to go to a man, one man. And I'm sure that the leadership, the Church of Samaria, got together and they said, this is not a good thing. Do you know what it's doing to your career? Uh, maybe his mom and daddy had joined that church by this time. And they said, no, you can't do that because why would you go off and, and leave? This does not make sense. I remember... So it had been a long time ago. Well, yeah, it's been a long time ago when I walked in one day and sat down with my dad and said, Dad, I feel like God is calling, telling me that I need to go to seminary. A call to preach is a call to prepare. And Dad's response was, well, you're preaching right now. You're pastoring right now. God's using you right now. And this concrete company, maybe one day this will be yours to run. Uh, that, that could be the case. And every time, I don't care who you are, every time you get ready to do something for the Lord that doesn't make sense, there's always going to be folks around you that have got the parking brake on. They're going to throw out the anchor. Hello, this is Monty Schenkel, and we sure appreciate you listening to this podcast. This is a new effort on our part from Take Heart Ministry. A little over a year ago, we began Take Heart Ministry with the intention of telling people by means of radio and also the internet and now by podcasts that they can take heart because Jesus cares for them. If you'd like to know more about us, if you'd like to check our ministry out, you can go to takeheart.org. If you would like to personally contact me, you can write to Monty Schinkel or you can write to mschinkel at takeheart.org. Thank you for listening and now back to the podcast. Well, when God says go... You better get. Now, if God says stay, you better stay. But if God says go, you better get. G-I-T. Get. Because he always has a plan, and you need to obey the Holy Spirit when it doesn't make sense to others. Number two, you need to obey the Holy Spirit and seek his guidance. 
So Philippus has not been given at this point in Acts chapter 8. The angel comes, verse 26, and taps him on the shoulder. Doesn't speak to a praying mantis, I'm pretty sure. And says, arise and go to the south under the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now, this is a real good place to go start a church. Amen? So, Philip has not been given specific instructions. At this point, it's leave Samaria, go to the desert, and the area of Gaza we know about today. You, you've heard of the Gaza Strip. It's on the news quite frequently. It's a very rough part of that Palestinian area, kind of on the coast between south of Tel Aviv, south of Joppa, down toward Egypt, and it was hot. It was, it's hot today. It was hot in Philip's day. It was hot in David's day. Do you understand that that was the area of the Philistines? And Goliath was from Gath, from Gaza. And I can see Philip, as he just obeyed the Lord, did what God told him to do, he went down there, and after he got to Gaza, there weren't a lot of specific instructions. It was kind of like, Lord, now I'm here. Now what? God said, go stand in the shade. Go get in the shade. God's not going to tell you to stay in the sun. You don't need to stay in the sun. It's hot down here in Gaza. Go get in the shade. So he went and stood in the shade, and he's standing. Now, that's not in the Bible, but it's in there in the white part. And so he went over, and he's standing in the shade, and he's, he's there, and he's doing, you know what he's doing? He is listening. He's listening for the very next thing that the Holy Spirit is going to say. He's seeking to follow God's guidance here now. And so he's standing there. He's gotten in out of the sun. He's standing there listening in the shade, and there comes this chariot along and the word of the Lord to him is as old preacher said carry it to the chariot that's a good sermon title carry it to the chariot you run you catch up with this man that's coming along carry it to the chariot so Philip ran and it required some effort on his part you see here's the thing God puts you where he puts you for a reason he's been preparing you all along to do his will. You say, well, I don't understand all that has happened in my life and the situations I've been through and things that have transpired. God, has, God is at work around you all the time. God has been preparing you. You say, well, I've gone through the most horrible thing anybody could ever imagine. Yeah, there's someone else out there that's gone through that very same horrible thing, and the grace of God that he has poured upon you also needs to be poured upon them, and God can use you out of the hard situations that you're in. You just have to watch for his God guidance and when the time comes you run and that's exactly what Philip had to do he had to run he had to carry it to the chariot you've been waiting for this very moment the spirit prompts you run does God get that exact yes he does sometimes he does one man one chariot one queen one nation one evangelist one word one scripture yeah he gets that exact the Spirit prompts us. You're in a restaurant, and the Spirit speaks to your heart about speaking to that person that's taking care of you or that person that's seated across from you. Are you in your yard, and the Holy Spirit speaks about your neighbor? Are you visit your family? 
You're prompted by the Holy Spirit, and the word the Holy Spirit is saying not, is not wait. It is run. Run with the gospel. Carry it to the chariot. Take it to them. Don't wait any longer. You've been waiting to talk to that loved one of yours for a long time. Now, time is passing by. Don't let this opportunity pass. You seek, obey the Holy Spirit, and seek the guidance. He will give you guidance. Here's the third thing. Obey the Holy Spirit and seize the moment. Seize the moment. Look at verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join yourself to the chariot. And Philip ran there to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you read? And he said, How can I? Except somebody show me, guide me. Philip, would you... Here's your invitation. Would you come up here and sit by me? Would you share with me? Now, this is easy witnessing. You say, well, I don't have those many, that many opportunities come along. Many times we don't have opportunities because we don't even speak the first word. I mean, even just coming into church, do you speak to people around you? Do you get to know the people around you? If they're here, do you know it? If they're not here, do you know it? Do you just speak? This ought to be the easiest place in the world to talk to people. I mean, uh, it grieves my heart anytime I hear somebody say, well, I came to church and nobody really engaged me in conversation. Yes, they handed me a bulletin. Yes, they shook my hand. But nobody really made an effort to get to know me. How can I unless somebody guide me? God had prepared everything around this situation, and he does that in our lives. I'm telling you, the same Holy Spirit that did in Acts chapter 8 is still doing it here in September. He's preparing. <coughs> Brother John just finished preaching on Jonah. I got to tell you, I like Philip a whole lot better than I do Jonah. But you know, even as God prepared things for Philip, God prepared things for Jonah. God prepared a storm. God prepared a great fish. God prepared a gourd. God prepared a dry wind. God prepared a worm to bite the gourd that would dry up in the dry wind. I like my story better. God prepared a prophet named Isaiah. God prepared a prophecy, Isaiah chapter 53. God said to Isaiah, write these words, and he did. God prepared a fulfillment of that prophecy in his son, Jesus Christ. God prepared a human heart in the person of this man in a chariot, and God prepared a witness whose name was Philip. The promptings that you feel to talk to people about Jesus, they're not by accident. Every interruption we have in life is a divine appointment and a divine opportunity. Talk to people about Jesus. Can you imagine 600 plus years after Isaiah, the Holy Spirit is using the very words that Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 53? Can you imagine 600 years after Isaiah wrote these words? Now, God is applying to those words, heart, to this man from Africa, this man of great authority. God is preparing to send the gospel into that country. 600 years after Isaiah spoke those words and wrote those words of God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon 
testing the acoustics in a building that he was supposed to preach in, stood on a platform and cried out, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. They didn't, they didn't have any microphones. He just stood there and he cried out in this building that he thought was empty, just testing the acoustics. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. There was one man way up in the balcony that was a workman there. Spurgeon didn't see him, but he saw Spurgeon. He heard that word, and he went home with that on his mind. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. And it was on his heart, and he couldn't get it. There was one word. It was a moment of divine appointment in Spurgeon's life. We declared that word, and that man came to know Christ as his Savior. We obey the Holy Spirit. We go where he tells us to go. We we seize the moment when the witnessing opportunity comes along and there have been those times, there are those times in our lives when God puts us just in a place where almost we're captive. So we're going to keep our mouth shut. We're not going to talk about Jesus. I remember like four falls ago, we were coming back from Romania, several of us. I was on an airplane and there was a young lady that sat next to me. Her name was Anna. She was living in Toronto. We were on a flight going to Toronto. What do you say when you engage a person in conversation on an airplane? It's like... Where are you going? Well, I'm going wherever this airplane goes. I'm going to Toronto. And so we've been, I, I really, I, I just assume most of the time, get on the airplane, put, put the earphones in, uh, watch a movie, get a book out, do something. But it was, uh, the Lord was saying to me, you need to talk to her, you need to talk to her, you need to talk to her. And I just really, I'm not all that good on having a captive next to me in an airplane and thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to her. And so, you know, where are you from? She was originally from Sarajevo. And then she said, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a, I'm a Baptist pastor. And she said, I've been thinking about being baptized. Now, folks, What's the probability somebody from Missouri is going to be sitting in a plane next to somebody from Toronto who was born in Sarajevo that has been home that's on her way and I'm on my way back from What's the probability? The probability as far as man's concerned, that's, that's got to be one in the I don't know what, but probably as far as God is concerned is Philip's going to be down there in this desert place waiting for this Ethiopian to come by now. Go get in the chariot. What's the probability this man is reading from Isaiah chapter 53? I've got to tell you folks, you've got to seize the moment. We have to seize the moment. So obey the Holy Spirit and seize the moment. Obey the Holy Spirit and talk about Jesus. Look at chapter Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet, this of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and he began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Isaiah chapter 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. 
He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one into his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. He opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the, shear, to the slaughter as a sheep before his shears is dumb. He opens not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. Was he stricken? And so on. And you know what? This text is still, it remains one of the most relevant texts to this day, and it takes us straight to the cross. The man had been in Jerusalem to worship. He obviously had not come to Jerusalem to worship Jesus, but he had obviously come to Jerusalem not to do a study of comparative religion. There were already some things recorded in this Old Testament that he believed. And he obviously believed what Isaiah had written in Isaiah chapter 53, and the Holy Spirit was already stirring. He already believed this. The same could be said a few miles up the coast in the town of Caesarea where Cornelius was already being prepared by the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. He was well on his way to believing, and I wonder if there are not people around us who are also well on their way. But they need some help. You say, I could, I could never, you don't tell me and don't tell the Lord, I could never. The reason I say that is you read this passage of Scripture just like I read it. And you know good and well what they were talking about. They were talking about Jesus. And if you know Jesus and you're further down the road than that person who doesn't know Jesus, and I'm saying to everybody in this building and everybody that's listening this morning, you're far enough down the road to tell somebody about what this passage says. What is it saying? Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the one who came to take away our sins. People say, well, I talked to them about God. This is not talking about God. This is talking about Jesus. Use the name. Say it right now. Jesus. You see, a lot of times we say, well, I want to talk about the Lord. I want to talk about Christ. Or we can have a conversation about God. Have a conversation about the Son of God. Have a conversation about the God incarnate, Jesus. Talk about Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid to speak the name. Isaiah was not speaking of himself. He was talking about Jesus, taken as a whole. Isaiah 53 talks of a, a Savior, a substitute, a Messiah. Jesus died for you. Personal application was the point of Philip's explanation, and the man got it. And he also knew that he needed to make some kind of response. So, number five this morning is obey the Holy Spirit and help people respond. Because Philip opened his mouth and preached, began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus, I would love to heard that sermon. You say, well, he'd been preaching over there in Samaria to a whole bunch of people. Yes, I know that, but now he's got him right here, right now. And I don't think he had a whoopee cushion to explain it. He just preached to him 
Jesus. And as they were on their way, they came to certain water. Don't know where the water was. Could it be the Mediterranean? I don't know. He came to him and said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? You know, why did he do that? Why did he say that? Why? Because I think there had to be something in Philip's presentation that talked about following the Lord, obeying the Lord, following him in the waters of baptism. So he says, here's water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? Baptism is a symbol of the death to the old life, the burial, resurrection, the walk in newness of life. This is what Jesus Christ does in our heart when we trust him as our Savior. The question here is, can I be baptized? Good question. And Philip answers with this. Do you believe with all of your heart? If you believe with all of your heart, you may. The Holy Spirit prompts obedience. The first sign of obedience is a willingness to confess him. It's the want to. To say, I'm not going to be ashamed. I don't know why we get ashamed of the most important thing. We're not ashamed of our sports teams. We're not ashamed of our jobs. We're not ashamed of, of the, I start to say, the cars we drive. Sometimes we are. We're not ashamed of all different things. But if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe. And, oh, I love these words. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That came out of Isaiah chapter 53. I ask you this morning. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Can you say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? The Bible doesn't say that you must be baptized immediately, but it does say they took advantage of the water that was available. Here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And also the picture is not that they got a little water and poured it on. You look at this. They went down in the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. <laughs> kind of humbling, don't you think, for a royal official to get out of a chariot and lay aside his robes or get his robes wet and get in the water in a hole in the desert, and that's exactly what the Bible says he did. He did not hesitate to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. What I see fleshed out in this story is a fulfillment of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Philip, who was taking the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, now is taking it to the uttermost parts of the earth. He is filled with the power of God's Holy Spirit. He is a witness. The Holy Spirit, an obedient witness, power, miracles, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And I have to say, I have to ask, will you obey the Spirit's promptings? Isaiah did, wrote it down. Jesus did, led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted. He followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Philip did, the Ethiopian did, Luke did, and wrote this down for us, so will you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit? How is he guiding you? How is he leading you? Has he put somebody in your path that the Lord is saying, you are the one. You're here at this point in time for this reason. God has not made a mistake. He's put you where he's put you at this point for this reason. Will you obey?
Thank you for listening to this podcast today. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. We pray that this has been a blessing to you. And I pray that today you in your own heart can take heart because you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. And Jesus came to be the Savior of all who would call upon him. And if today you've never trusted in him, I encourage you to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life, forgive me and save me. And God's word says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our purpose in all of this is to encourage you to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to grow in Jesus, and to take heart in Jesus. He cares for you.